Dateline, December 15th, 2019. Well, good day, folks, and welcome to this strange little segment from a long time ago called, what was it called again? Oh, yes, the Australia Desk. My name is Russell Crowe, and with me is, what's your name? What is your name? Oh, I'm Tim, I'm Tim Finn, mate. <laughs> In a long list of New Zealand people that have called Australia <laughs> home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Ki- the Kiwis have said you can take Russell Crowe, but we're keeping split ends, mate. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, mate? It's been 83 episodes since we've done an oh Australia desk. God, it's been a while, hasn't it? <laughs> yes. In fact, according to australiadesk.net, where you can go and find out um, a whole lot of archive, all the Australia desks are sitting there. Well, not quite all. I haven't uploaded all of them just yet, but I'm working my way back through. And uh, <laughs> You've been yes. getting around to that for the last seven years. <laughs> Hey, hey, I resemble that remark. But I've got I've got 141 Australia desks, three extras, and one pre-Oz desk already loaded. Well, there we go. And I'm sure we'll put this one in at one stage. Anyway, well, Australian aviation news. What's been going on since, you know, April last year when we last did one of these? I've been doing some flying. Um <laughs> Well, I haven't. Well, I've been doing a little bit of flying, but, you know, mostly I'm, you know, still driving trains. In fact, I'm driving much bigger trains now, actually. It's a lot more fun. Oh, yeah. Trains that are much harder to stop and cause a lot more fun as they go past. Well, you know, the making them go bit's quite easy, I've found. The making them stop is, well, you know, and it causes (laughs) so much paperwork if you don't stop them where they're supposed to be. Oh, I know. It's always the paperwork. Yeah, bureaucrats. They're no fun. Anyway, Grant, speaking of bureaucrats, the Australian government has decided that they're going to uh, have a uh, a Senate inquiry, in fact, into the parlour state of general aviation here in Australia. And, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know what you think about this, mate, but, um, you know, we've seen these things before and not really much changed. I hope perhaps something Uh, will come out of this. I really hope something – well, things will come out of it. It's just will the government have half – what it takes to actually do something about it. We've had inquiries before and they've come out with very obvious points of things that need to change. And the government goes, oh, quick, bury that. Or, oh, we've implemented these two points. Yeah, they were the easy ones. What about the hard ones that actually go to the core and fix the problem? We've seen this again and again. Oh, we need to look like we're doing something without actually doing anything. Let's hold an inquiry. So I'm a little cynical. Um, it's all very well to hold an inquiry. Could come up with some great things. Looks like it's got good scope. But uh, it's what happens after that. This is being pushed by uh, the National Party uh, Senator uh, Susan MacDonald. She's a senator for Queensland, and uh, she's actually uh, gained a bit of a reputation as a as a champion for general aviation. And uh, this is being pushed from a regional and rural affairs transport legislation committee uh, perspective. So they're looking at it from the standpoint of how is the Civil Aviation Safety Authority's, uh, you know, stewardship of general aviation affecting particularly the rural sector. And, of course, here in Australia, Grant, that's a really big thing. I mean, uh, we need a lot of light aircraft. That's really a a backbone of transport in areas, uh, you know, in in more regional and remote areas. And, you know, we've been banging on about this for a long time. The the sector here is... In my view, it's stiflingly overregulated and stiflingly overbureaucratic, and it's just not serving uh, anybody any good. Yeah, that's right, mate, because CASA can just say safety. There's absolutely nothing in CASA's charter that says promote aviation, and there's nothing in there that says safety within pricing and cost benefit. So they just go, oh, safety, and no minister is going to do a thing against them because they don't want to be the ones seen to reduce a safety case, despite the fact that CASA hardly ever produces real effective safety cases anyhow but hey as i said 
let's see what happens. Cause ah, Casa, I guess that's why Casa is known as the Cretans Against Sensible Aviation. And believe me, I've tidied that up a lot. Oh, yes. That was very polite of you. Ah, <laughs> yes. Oh, well. That'll be interesting to see what happens. Now, Grant, uh, your favourite domestic airline, Jetstar, the, the low-cost <laughs> offshoot of our national carrier here, our glorious national carrier Qantas. Jetstar's in a bit of trouble. Their unions are not happy. And uh, there's been a bit of strike action lately. I mean, who do these people think they are, Grant? The railways? Well, they're certainly learning from your lot, I tell you. (laughs) I I say nothing. Yes. No, about 250 Jetstar ground staff and baggage handlers stopped work on Friday during peak departure and arrival periods in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Cairns and Adelaide. And they went on strike. And then uh, I think it was just, what was it, just yesterday? No, I think it was today that uh, a number of the pilots stopped work for about four hours. And, uh, you know, they uh, are out there trying to uh, raise awareness of everything. And, of course, there's a whole lot of uh, passengers who are rather naffed because Jetstar had to cancel more than 40 flights on Saturday. Yeah, and, of course, a large proportion of uh, the ground staff there are uh, casual employees. Now, casual employment here in Australia means uh, basically, um, you know, well, they're not full-time staff, so they can call them in, uh, you know, at a whim and give them as many or as as fewer hours as they want. Uh, You know, ground handlers are saying that they're only getting most of them 30 hours a week and they want more hours than that, uh, you know, from maybe up around 40 like uh, most full-time jobs and a bit more job security. And, of course, the pilots are looking for a pay rise. So this will be really interesting to see, really. Jetstar is the model that I'm sure Alan Joyce would love to run mainstream Qantas by because it's uh, it's run under a completely different setup, a completely different cost structure. And, you know, it's um, you know, it can be profitable. It's a, obviously a low-cost carrier model. But uh, it doesn't really look like that uh, Qantas management at this stage is willing to give an inch. No, no, they're not. We've we've seen in the past where Alan Joyce did a double dummy spit and grounded the whole damned airline, claimed that to be a decision made on the spot, but uh, every other indicator was that it was planned in advance. So let's see what happens. Uh, it's going to be interesting on the run-up to Christmas. Once again, go on that strike and get your attention. Now, we'll just wrap up here with a bit of defence news. Now, uh, i tell you what, over the last decade, it's, uh, if you were going to be in Australia's Air Force, um, you know, platform and technology-wise, this is probably there's probably never been a better time. There's been so many new platforms that have come on stream here. Of course, uh, I guess most notably the F-35, grant of which we're taking delivery of a few more. In fact, a few more arrived in the country this week. I believe our fleet now totals 18, and uh, 13 of those are now in the country. That's right, mate. Uh, we just got another seven in the other day, and that takes us to 13 in country. And we've got five based at Luke Air Force uh, Air Force Base, and that's in Arizona, of course, where the, those aircraft are in the uh, common pool used for the international training school. We've also got the latest P-8A Poseidon has arrived. I think that's our 12th one. There's rumours we may be getting some more. We'll wait and see. Uh, we've got, of course, the Triton unmanned aircraft system. That's going to come on. Uh, that'll the, These two aircraft, the Poseidon and the Triton, will be providing our maritime surveillance and, and so on. Uh, we've also got, of course, the E-7A Wedgetail. That's gone through a number of upgrades since I last got to get on board one back in, ooh, when was that, 2014. And, uh, you know, of course, the KC-30A tankers. Uh, that's all been upgraded as well with Link 16, so it can act as a relay point uh, for communications between various platforms and so on. Uh, we've got the Peregrines coming in. They're going to be the Gulfstream uh, jets with the super secret squirrel uh, electronic uh, signals intelligence kind of gear. They'll be uh, coming in in the next couple of years. Uh, we've just taken on the new uh, Falcon business jets to supplement the uh, VIP squadron. 
Uh, of course, we've got the PC-21 training aircraft. They're on now. The PC-9 is now retired officially. So um, PC-21 is for training. And uh, let's see what else. The um, C-27J Spartans, they've been bedded in now uh, and flying. Of course, the uh, Super Hornets and Growlers are in place. The C-17s are in place. It's all new platforms that have come on over the last, what, 10 years? It would be in the last 10 years. I think the um, of all of those that you mentioned, probably the Wedgetail is probably the oldest aircraft of those types, although, as you say, it's it's had a lot of upgrades. Um, yeah, really exciting time. Those F-35s will be going into RAF Base Williamtown and going into number three squadron. Um, interestingly, Grant, just as a supplement to all of those things that you mentioned, uh, at the other end of that spectrum, FA-18 A and B, or classic Hornets or legacy Hornets as they call them over in the States. The last uh, sortie with uh, two OCU, the operational conversion unit. So the last training sortie of that has gone through. So uh, I guess no more classic Hornet training here in Australia. You know, I, I'm most excited about the PC-21s, Grant, because they're based at RAF Base East Sale. has been a a huge uh, upgrade of that base uh, so that uh, all the training can take place over there and that's not all that far from where I live so you know hopefully we'll see a few more sorties of those things flying around <laughs> this area it's all about me really <laughs> me 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 <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, we should wrap it up there uh, for this year's Australia Desk. You know, I think we've said that the last couple of years, in fact. Yeah, yeah, the annual Australia Desk. And consider yourself lucky, guys. We deign ourselves worthy of speaking unto thee every year, something like that. Well, you know the Airplane Geeks, Grant. You know we're the ones that made them famous. Yeah, well, it cost me a kidney, but, gee, it was worth it. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Well, anyway, <laughs> folks, uh, you know, it's it's been another great uh, year of listening. Even though we're not regularly on the show anymore, we still do listen regularly it's it's uh, it's a great show and uh, compliments to uh, everybody there and we wish of course all airplane geeks listeners a uh, happy uh, christmas a safe and prosperous 2020 and who knows grant we may even come back in the middle of next year and do one of these well mate don't don't, don't stretch it i mean it took us this long to get one out <laughs> <laughs> two? two wow unbelievable all right until next time cheers folks have a good one you know that max flight i wonder what his real name is I don't know. It's pretty maxi, isn't it? Yes. You know. Although I think he's changing his name because of that damn 737 problem. Yes. Well, you know, I could use my joke here about a max flight. <laughs> oh. <sighs> I still got it. Oh, you'll kill us.